all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles, and happy 2017 to you, even though we're already past Valentine's Day, which I'm not really sure how that's possible or how that happened. But regardless, it's so fun to be back in the studio and to be back at this podcast. I have loved getting to see many of you recently on the road, just in various places, and fresh on my mind is the IF Gathering in Austin, Texas a few weeks ago. It was so precious to me for many of you to literally shout at me, I love your podcast. I mean, you have no idea how much that means to me, partly because it's just amazing to me that you even listen, and I mean that, and that you care at all, but partly because I just have this thing with forgetting. I forget stuff that I say. I forget stuff that I do. I forget stuff that I sing. My close friends can definitely attest to this. My dear friend Shannon Scott has a Christy Knuckles song Rolodex in her brain. And at any given moment, she can flip through that Rolodex and not only tell you the title of any songs that I've ever written or sung, but she can also sing you the melody quote you the lyrics, plus sing you anything I did outside of the melody, like any little vocal lick or ooh or ah, it's actually quite jaw-dropping because of how smart she is and how much content she writes on her own, and that she can also somehow store all of my songs in her brain as well. I'm not real sure how she does it, but there are many, many songs through the years that I can't hold on to. I don't know. My brain just lets them go way far away to Shannon's dusty Rolodex in her brain. And one time, I kid you not, I was on this Christmas tour with Chris Tomlin, and we both took turns being on the radio one day to promote the show in whatever town we were in. And the DJ was playing Christmas music. And because this was long before my Christmas record came out, I didn't really have anything by way of Christmas music that he could really play on the radio. But somehow, he had found this song, and he wanted to play it, and he starts playing it on the air, and I'm literally looking at him with the strangest slash, I think I might be sick look on my face, because he was playing this song, and it was not me. He's playing it on the radio, and it's not me. I know he's going to ask me about it as soon as the song is over, so I'm just kind of sitting there looking at him. The song is this duet. It's a guy and a girl singing, and I'm just looking at him like, what in the world? What am I going to say? This is not me singing. So when the song stops playing, the DJ is like, and that's Christy Knuckles and so-and-so, and Christy, why this song? Can you tell me why it's special to you? And I literally look at him on the air, and I say, I, I, that's not me. And he was like, oh, yeah, it is. And I was like, I'm telling you that's not me. And he was like, oh, it's you. It sounds like you. And I mean, I admit it, it kind of did sound like me. But I was still just like, no, this isn't me. So he literally Googles it on the air just to make sure he's not crazy. And then he shows me the song with my name listed on it. And I just, you know, start sweating, and I feel like I was spinning, kind of like that moment when Buddy the Elf figures out he's a human and his whole world's just kind of turning around. That's what it felt like, like an out-of-body experience on the air. I mean, I had just completely lost that one. It had gone bye-bye, and I don't even know if Shannon had that one in a Rolodex. But my point is, I don't know if you're like this or not, but when I create something— I often look back on it and marvel because from where I'm standing right now, I don't know how it's possible to do it all again. 
I mean, y'all, I feel that way about making dinner every night. Like, how have I kept five people alive and fed every single night, even for the past 10 days, let alone 10 years? I think maybe because I just came off of creating the Christmas record, I still feel like I am in this cocoon of sorts. Often after I've poured out a good bit or made a record or something like that, and like I shared with you on the last podcast of the year, it's kind of like I go into hiding. The cocoon effect lets my brain rest, my soul recoup, and there's a stillness that comes with letting myself hide. So it was almost like, who me? When some of you guys called out and said you loved the podcast, and I'm like, what? I hosted a podcast? How in the world did I do that? I think part of this, again, what I mentioned back in the last episode, it's letting that fruit of your life abide and leaving it to God to do with what He wants to do with it and let it just be. I think, too, that when it's time to walk back into creativity, whether it's finding something to put on the dinner tonight or finishing a project at work or entertaining your little ones, we just can get stuck. Some of us have so much spinning that there's no time to catch up and catch our breath, and we lack the time to prepare and stay ahead of something, so we always feel like we're playing catch-up. Number one, we all experience this, and you are not alone or crazy, and all of us have these bigger plot lines going on in life that almost feel crushing to carry on top of all the seemingly endless mundane tasks that simply are not going to get done themselves. So let's collectively take a moment to just breathe in and exhale. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. Secondly, there is this tendency that all of us have, I think, to just forget what's already ours. I think we can almost forget our own skill set and our incredible ability to be resilient and resourceful when we need to. I mean, it's amazing what I can find in my pantry or fridge if we just determine, okay, we're going to stay home tonight for dinner, and we're just going to find something here to eat. Every time I do that, I think, wow, I need to do this more, to utilize what I already have. It prevents really good things from wasting away when we choose to just begin to work with what we have. I made some potato and kale soup the other night, and we ate it the night before my parents arrived in town to keep the kids. And our plan was to take my parents out when they arrived because both of their birthdays were falling on their visit to us. But of course, when they got to the house, they were tired, and we were tired, and the temperature had dropped outside, and it had started raining, and suddenly, of course— In this house, everyone wants to get in their pajamas. So I made a frozen pizza for the kids, and I served my mom and dad the potato and kale soup and added some buckwheat noodles to it and some yummy Merlot cheese. And of course, by the second night, the soup was even better than it was the night before, so my mom was raving about it. Sometimes it just takes choosing to work with what you've got, and it's actually really, really good. I'll never forget one time, I may have told you this before, but when the kids were babies, I must admit that I fought motherhood pretty hard. Not so much when they were newborns, but when they got loud and mobile, (laughs) just to be honest. Some days in my exhaustion, I wondered if these little beings had come to threaten everything good that I had going on in my life, which is obviously not the case. Children are a treasure from the Lord. But when you're having a pity party— and no one else is usually invited to that. So it's tough to have any kind of real perspective. So I'd find myself in my selfishness just sort of maintaining my children, if that makes sense, rather than truly mothering them. 
I would huff and puff around some days feeling really sorry for myself that I didn't have time for me. And I mean, I didn't have time for me, but I was missing what was right in front of me. I was immobilized by this idea that motherhood had to look a certain way. Just like I get stuck thinking I need a gourmet meal on the table every night. But it took my very insightful husband to set me straight one day. It takes a lot for Nathan Knuckles to set you straight, but I mean, I kind of had it coming to me. I was standing in my closet. I'll never forget it. I was probably hiding. And he came up to me, and he very quietly said, You are the one of the most talented and creative people that I know. Have you ever thought about using your creativity to mother the kids? And he just kind of walked off. Well, I'd love to tell you that I ran after him to thank him profusely for setting me straight. But instead, I kind of carried it like a spear in the arm for a few days until I realized that he wasn't setting me straight as much as he was just trying to set me free, free of what I had built up in my mind that I needed to be as a mother. Once I figured out that I could use my strengths to mother and my creativity, and it could look my own way, and I didn't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater— It changed everything for me. Just because I couldn't make it look like all my friends did, the friends who didn't travel for a living and they were home for 350 days of the year, and I wasn't, it didn't mean I couldn't mother my own quirky and messy way. You know what, too? I think we are prone to forget that we have the power of remembrance on our side. My brother Eric is like a broken record in my life with this, in a really good way, though. And if I can think of one word that he says to me the most, it's this word, remembrance. And remembrance is key to the life lived in the bullseye that I've talked about so many times. Think about it, even on a practical level of some of the things I've already mentioned. Let's just talk about getting supper on the table, since I've already whined about that. It takes remembrance, doesn't it? What recipes have worked before? I need to write down a list of all the favorites and go-tos and keep it in the pantry or in my phone. It takes remembrance. Remembrance that you have five cookbooks sitting in your kitchen right now, full of things that you've made before. Remembrance that when all else fails, there's always Google. (laughs) There's also that ever-so-brilliant Facebook page called Tasty that the kids and I cannot stop watching once we start it. It takes remembrance also to just go, oh yeah, there's that one pizza delivery that we love. Although we don't have pizza delivery out here at Keeper's Branch, so guess what? It takes remembrance for me to go put the full-on professional pizza delivery bag that I ordered from Amazon (laughs) into my car so that I'll have it back there when I need to pick up pizza in town before I head home. Remembrance will also remind you that cereal is indeed always a great idea, day or night. I think about remembrance for mothering, too. You can remember that it's more important today that you smile around your children than it is for you to feed them gourmet meals. It's way more important that you hug them today. Maybe just take their face in your hands, if they'll let you, like my Ellie does, and tell them they're beautiful. Or hug your boy today like I did my Noah when he got home from chemistry tutoring and tell him that you love him even though you've said it maybe a thousand times. That's so much more important to remember than it is for you to remember to nag them about cleaning their room tonight. And yes, they need to clean their room and learn to keep up with their stuff, but you can remember first things first. You can remember that you were a loved daughter long before you became a mother who loves, a daughter of a father, the God who knit you together in your mother's womb 
and called you His own. The God who tells you today that it's okay if you don't get everything done. The sun is still going to rise in the morning, and most likely you and I will have another chance to breathe in the breath that He's given us to breathe. And like my friend Matt Redmond says, and breathe back out His praise in your own way. And the place you can mother from today is from that very place of being a daughter yourself. You can love from that overflow. I got to teach in front of several groups of beautiful worship leaders the past few weeks, and one thing that was just burning in my heart to tell them is that God loves to remind us of who He is and who we are. His Word is full of it. I'll never forget my brother, Eric, and that's the Amaryllis, Kristen's husband, by the way, showing me that there's this beautiful pattern in Scripture that God often reminds us of who He is and who we are before He asks us to obey. And now that you know this, you'll kind of see it everywhere in Scripture. Colossians 3.12 is just a very short and simple example of it, but it says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved— So that's who you are. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. I think sometimes we just skip by that really fast. Then it says, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So it's as if God's saying, this is who you are. I've made you to be able to do this. You are my chosen ones, holy and beloved. I've made you to be able to then have compassionate hearts, and put on kindness and humility, meekness and patience. I love that. And all through the Old Testament and New Testament, you can recognize this loving pattern of God spurring us to remember that He's faithful and who we are because of who He is. I love this one from the Old Testament in a time where the law was written on tablets of stone and was often read over the people. But look at the kindness of God here. It's Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 11. It says, The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for His treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set His love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that He swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love for those who love Him and keeps His commandments. And on verse 11 it says, You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I have commanded you today. So yes, we are told to obey, but He's helping us remember before He's asking us to obey. He's saying, you're a chosen people. You're a loved people. You're a promised people. You're a freed people. You're a redeemed people. And all in all, I'm a faithful God. And so with all of this promise and freedom— Take care to follow what I've required of you. Oh, how easily we forget who we are and what God has already done for us and in us and through us that would prove to us that He is faithful for what's coming up next. It reminds me of a line in a children's book when I was a kid that said, It seems that I've forgotten to remember what I was supposed to remember not to forget. So if there's any fear that you don't have it in you to do what's in front of you today— Let me remind you that you have it in you to get it done. 
and this is very much me telling myself, (laughs) that everything we need for the task ahead is not in and of ourselves, but by the Spirit of God, we have what we need today to do what it is that He's called us to do. It just takes moving forward. So if there's any fear that you don't have it in you to do what's in front of you today, let me remind you that you have it in you. And this is also me telling this to myself, (laughs) that everything we need for the task ahead is not in and of ourselves, but by the Spirit of God, we have what we need today to do what it is that He's put in us to do. It just takes moving forward. So rather than feeling frightened by all the podcast love, I'm going to choose to hear it as, you can do this again, Christy. It just takes starting small and moving forward. I so loved the theme that was threaded through the IF gathering in Austin this year. Jenny Allen and her team have no small task of listening to the Lord for what should be communicated, but I loved that the general sense was, be Jesus to those around you, plain and simple. Like, you don't need to start a giant organization. You just need to raise up and mentor one person and start there. Trust me, I get to be around all these women who start big things on a regular basis, and none of them desire the platform or the bigness of anything, and I love that. For whatever reason, the bigness of something just comes with the territory sometimes, but to those who have been entrusted with big things, big things are required in terms of total surrender. The weekend after IF, I was so overjoyed and honored to get to lead worship for a one-day gathering called LIT that Beth Moore and her team, Living Proof, held for 750 women who feel called to write, speak, and lead through communication on some level. And we even had some worship leaders there, and it felt like such a sacred moment where one of the mothers of our generation, who we affectionately refer to as Miss Beth, she poured herself out that day like I had never seen her pour out. I mean, I've seen Miss Beth teach quite a bit, but nothing like this. This was a day just dripping with intentionality and anointing, like literally the fact that it was called lit. I thought, she just lit the torch that is to be passed on. She pleaded with the women that intimacy with Jesus and spending time with Him every day in His Word and through prayer must always remain above starting anything, above writing anything, and even above preparing to write anything or create anything. That time with Jesus is to be set apart and kept in place. And one of my favorite things from my pages and pages of notes that I took on the first row like it was my job was Miss Beth called the theology of secrecy. I just love this. She read from Luke 8, 6 through 17, which says, No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. The theology of secrecy, Miss Beth said, is that secrets manifest. I love this. She went on to read from Matthew 6, verse 3 and 4 says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Then verse 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
And verse 17 says, But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Isn't this so encouraging to you today? That secrets manifest. She encouraged us that what happens between you and Jesus today will manifest. It's a promise from His Word. What happens in secret will always manifest. And if that isn't bullseye living, I do not know what is. Then, of course, she brought in the beautiful verse in Psalm 91 that says, Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God and whom I trust. This is living from the bullseye today. And you know what? It's a way to release other things that worry us and people that worry us or people who've wronged us. We can release them in a new way, knowing that secrets manifest. The Lord who is in secret sees all and sees the heart, and He will manifest and make known what needs to manifest and be made known. And we get to release that to Him today and just make sure that we are in that secret place with Him every day, asking Him to pull out the giant plank in our own eye when we're, when we're at it. And when Miss Beth wrapped up, the thought that she said was, what we are believing for during that time with Jesus in the secret place is not a natural work. We are asking Him for a supernatural work in us in that time of meeting with Jesus. And I love that. It's a supernatural work that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5 that says it's a demonstration of the Spirit and of the power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I love that. Anyway, it's so encouraging to me to hear from the women who are leading this generation from some of the largest platforms, at least in the United States, and to hear them upholding the Word of God and intimacy with Jesus and saying that something supernatural could happen in that secret place that will manifest in our lives, and to hear them say, do not run after the platform. Not that you are, but in case you even wondered what it could be like to have a larger platform than you do, trust me, you will always be refined to a place of complete surrender. And the truth of the matter is, is that God will use any size platform to get to your heart. Your heart is always what He's after. He will use the fact that you don't have a platform or you have a smaller one and you want a bigger one, and He'll use your giant platform to wish you had a smaller one or none at all to ultimately get you to this place of being palms up completely in surrender. So wherever you're headed, you're headed into Him making manifest what you are putting into practice today in the secret, right in the middle of the mundane. Maybe you've just been maintaining rather than mothering. I hope you'll find freedom to mother with all your heart, and He will make manifest what you are trusting Him for in the secret place in terms of other desires you might have or things you're waiting on. He will supernaturally cause those desires to be fulfilled in some way, shape, or form if you commit it to Him. And in the meantime, use the very thing you're best at on your kids. Give them the best of you. Maybe you're not married with kids. Maybe today you're just worried that you can't get done all that there is to get done today, and you fear that you don't have it in you to keep going or produce what people expect of you. Just stop and remember who He is and who you are, and He will make manifest your remembrance of that in the secret place. You just keep pressing into Him and what's right in front of you today. I mean, think about it. 
I just made this entire podcast about how I didn't think I could do the podcast again. And well, here you go. A little bit of glorious for your mundane. And speaking of glorious, I am so excited to share that starting next week, I will be on tour with Ann Boskamp and Rebecca Lyons on the Broken and Free Tour. So we're starting the tour in Winterville, North Carolina on February 23rd. And then we're headed to the Nashville area, the 24th. Cordova, Tennessee on the 25th, then heading down to Sugarland, Texas on the 26th, Arlington, Texas on the 28th. March 1st will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where I'm from. And then we'll head to Kansas City, Missouri on March 2nd, and we'll finish the tour in Eau Claire, Wisconsin on March 4th, and on March 5th we'll be in beautiful Chicago. I'm so excited about it, and I wanted you to hear a little bit of the heart behind this tour from this quick recorded piece that I did at If Gathering a few weeks ago. I pulled Ann Boskamp and Rebecca Lyons aside in a little room to chat about our hearts around this night and our prayers for the women who might be coming. It got kind of real. I'm not going to lie. You're going to hear Anne just kind of break down a little bit and get teary at the end when Rebecca starts telling her how anointed this message is that God has given her to share from this book called The Broken Way that she released this past fall. And I hope you're able to hear in it the authenticity that we're living this message and not just talking about it, that it's a very real way of life for us in this little community of women. And we hope you hear our hearts for those of you who might come and bring your community of women with you. We really encourage you to do that. You might have seen that Rebecca and I started a gathering for women in Nashville with some of our friends called The Well. And so much of this night, Broken and Free, we've kind of patterned after that. And one of the things that we encourage so much at The Well is community and even processing out loud with your people what God is doing in and through you. And this creates this beautiful common language of confession and growth and life and freedom that is so imperative for your walk with Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use the music of this tour, which I'll be sharing, and stories and His Word to break open our hearts together in one space that we might see the freedom that's already ours in the Lord hope that He's already offered us full and free. So enjoy this little holy huddle that happened as we thought towards and prayed towards getting to bring this message of broken and free on the road. Well, I'm so excited to be sitting here with my friends, Rebecca Lyons and Anne Boskamp. Hello. And we're at If Gathering right now, which is um, so fun to be recording this. And... um, being here together, and it's been like a reunion, and um, but we are excited about the weeks coming because we are going to actually get to get on a bus together and go to some yeah. cities and get in front of mm-hmm. some women and get to meet a bunch of women, hopefully, um, on the Broken and Free Tour. Yay. We're so excited. I, I just think back to, um, I think, honestly, it was last year at, at IF, um, and I remember it was funny. It was at the after party thing, and, and you were talking to someone, and I stood in line to talk to you. <laughs> Not really, but I mean, no, no, there really was just a gal talking to you. And like, you know how it is when you're, um, I've learned this about myself that if I run up and just hug someone real quick, you interrupt often mm-hmm. a conversation so I've learned over the years to just not to try so not to kind. interrupt people and it looked like just this deep conversation and and um 
And I just thought, oh, I'll catch her later. But it really was to just kind of connect with you in a way of like, um, I just something was stirring in me. Mm-hmm. Um, just even I was, you know, writing, was beginning to write for the Christmas record that yes. I just released. And, yes. and I was, um, just had been reading a lot of your writing and, and, and I was really just going to say, I hope sometime in the future we get to collaborate. <laughs> and and that was all I was going to say. Look what the Lord has done. And then so I just thought, I'll catch her later. And and then Love it me. wasn't long after that 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 you called me and you were like, hey, would you ever do a tour with authors? And I'm saying this because I'm one of those authors and I know we're friends and could that mm-hmm. work? And yeah. So it's just neat that we're so here fun. and the Lord is... Yeah orchestrated it and so I thought we would just talk about what we hope this mm-hmm. night is going to be just to kind of give women an idea mm-hmm. um what they're going to be a part of and mm-hmm. so and you, really it's a lot centered around you have a book coming out Rebecca oh yeah it does kind of work all in the same time frame in regards to I think the book's the 21st and we we rehearse the next day <laughs> and then we jump on a bus and the next day we're in I think the 23rd it begins and goes mm-hmm. for about 12 but I think the backstory on it for Anne and I is that we wound up in three different countries, countries in one year's time as roomies we spent 30 nights uh, between three trips out of a year yeah wow. as roommates and we're like we still like each other <laughs> I'll never forget Sharon and Kaboots in, um, in Israel, in Jerusalem. It overlooks the Emmaus Road, and you walk you walk in, and there's these two little baby twin beds, like, close to the floor, like, like, like cots. Like little and they Goldilocks were, kind of bear. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were like, this little bed is too small. <laughs> and they were short. They were really about short. Ten inches off yeah. the ground. And somehow those beds got pushed together. And we left them pushed together. <laughs> I was like, is this weird? I don't know. We had a lot like, of late night conversations. Like, it was just funny. Um, but <laughs> in that season, but I just think we watched each other mm-hmm. walk through mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. breakthrough. Mm-hmm. You were boxing China mm-hmm. <laughs> through the night, almost every night. It's true. Um, you know, the Lord was just breaking our hearts for the roads we walked over there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we would just kind of meet in that biblical garden, yeah. right? And yeah. just talk about the vine and the branch. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it was a putting skin on mm-hmm. some of the things we had wept about mm-hmm. and prayed for. And I remember praying with you in Shiloh. I, I mean, I, I think when I think of the times we've gone to crazy places together, but what I remember though, most is how we've prayed together mm. and how we've encountered Jesus together yeah. and experienced increasing freedom together. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that on the tour, mm-hmm. yeah. we're just inviting more women mm-hmm. to encounter God in yeah. a really profound, liberating kind of way. Yeah. And I think it's, it's done in places just like we were doing it, places of authenticity mm-hmm. and vulnerability and transparency and some laughter, <laughs> and and then just really just laying our brokenness before the Lord, and Him taking those pieces and handing us keys to walk free. Yeah. So I'm I'm really anticipating 
just getting to do this with a lot more people. Yeah. Mm. There's something about walking this road in community, mm. in trusted yeah. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does bring it to life. Mm-hmm. It's you have someone who has witnessed mm-hmm. what your change has been and you've witnessed mm-hmm. that for them and you can remind each other of mm-hmm. what is true on the days that it gets cloudy or murky mm-hmm. or it just gets weary. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. for women on the tour, if they are going to come to this night with their people, mm-hmm. their 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 person that they go to when mm-hmm. on the days that they're like, I, will you intercede for me or yeah. bring two or three and let's fight on my behalf when mm-hmm. I'm kind of laid out on. Yeah. Um, I think that's where something mm-hmm. just births in that two or three, four come together and mm-hmm. like, watch each other walk it out. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, there's something about um, listening to other people's stories and that's, you know, testifying and and it helps you bring words to what you yourself are walking through. And, and one of the girls I, I mentor, I won't say her name. I don't want this to be too personal, but um, online, I don't get to really see her um, in person, but um, she was walking through some things and mm-hmm. we were praying online. And I just said, why don't you ask the Lord right here about that? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and she just said, I keep hearing the word weak and and it had to do with herself and Mm -hmm. and she was I could tell it was almost like she was afraid to say it because she felt like that was a negative thing Mm -hmm. and and immediately though what was beautiful and and then the context of community like you're saying it's like when you are processing that with someone else Mm -hmm. I sat there with her and immediately it was like the Holy Spirit was like that's what I'm that's what I'm saying to her and it was I was like but do you see the beauty I was like see you see that Weakness isn't a negative thing. I was like, I, I immediately was like, my power is perfected in your weakness, and this is Christ in me. And, and so it was that we live in an upside-down kingdom, and I was like, what if he's saying, um, I, I want you to understand in this moment that you are weak, and it's in that weakness. Mm-hmm. So it was just this, this beautiful thing. And, and we've mm-hmm. talked about, um, Rebecca, we have a mutual friend, and, and she talked about um, one time I really understood just this correlation between um, being able to say I'm I'm broken and I'm I'm weak and and or I'm suffering or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And she just said, if freedom is on one end of the scale, um, our brokenness has to be on the other, and it's it's what balances it out, and it's yeah. what mm-hmm. um, it's almost like um, it's an exchange for the other. It's mm-hmm. like I'm bringing you this Jesus mm-hmm. and what I'm so afraid of and what, or maybe even ashamed of or um, embarrassed of or whatever it is, it's like, I bring you this and really that's that's what unlocks um, the freedom. And so um, yeah. it's so yeah. beautiful to get to process that out loud. And mm-hmm. um, I know one of, you know, a lot of your chapters are free to be, you're free to be this and we're free to do this. And some of my favorites are free to be weak and yes, free to grieve. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because it, I think there's a lot of invitation there. Mm-hmm. There's permission. We all feel it. We don't always know that there's permission mm-hmm. to confess it. Yeah. And the confession, I think, mm-hmm. is part of the breaking. Yeah. It's part of the dismantling. And mm-hmm. Anne puts it so beautifully in her book early on where, you know, you're going to do it much yeah, better. And the, the way whole, that, the, the, the farmer, yeah. just the whole, yeah. like, the mm. just the theology of farming, even. Well, just that 
everything on the farm is reminding us that the sky breaks to give us the rain, the seed breaks, the ground breaks to, mm. to make a seed bed, the seed breaks to give us life. That in brokenness mm. can bring forth abundance. Yeah. I think if, if we can bring our brokenness, he does. He, I think that brokenness can come from we let go of ourselves, mm-hmm. we come in repentance, mm-hmm. we come saying, I've got nothing left. And he says, it's okay, now you yeah. can have all of me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll okay. come and release you into the abundant life that you can only get mm. when you finally feel broken and can let go of all the things you've been holding mm-hmm. on to. So that can be, um, I think, getting to that place, you want to do that in community, you want to do that with somebody with you, that it's, that it's bringing that brokenness to a safe place yeah. <laughs> with people who unconditionally love you. Mm-hmm. And then you get to celebrate the freedom on the other side and the abundance mm-hmm. on the other side of that brokenness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. beautiful. Wow. But, what are you going to say? I just love the correlation. Mm-hmm. I think women are waiting, um, they mm-hmm. are wanting mm-hmm. this permission, mm-hmm. this, this freedom to confess this, that, mm-hmm. hey, I'm Apart from him, I am nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the relief of that. Right. The, the relief exhale. and the release Finally. of that. The release <laughs> of that to freedom to go, okay, I don't have to do this yeah. anymore. It doesn't yeah. all, it's not me. Yeah. Yesterday someone said, what's the, you know, like if you could in one sentence, what is the greatest thing that you think the Lord's revealed to you mm-hmm. in these last months? Because the last year was a rough year, a like, mm-hmm. real rough year for both mm-hmm. of us, honestly. Mm-hmm. And... And brought a baby home. Yeah. And she birthed the baby and on paper. <laughs> um, yeah. I worked hard at a baby on paper, and it just uh-huh. felt like there was there was an intensity of mm-hmm. pace, almost an acceleration of the demand. Yeah. And um, but what I learned, even in the taxing season that that mm-hmm. became, I became viscerally aware of my weakness yeah. and yes. profoundly grateful for his strength yes. like it became a daily manna like a yes. nourishment his word is like I, I have to feast on this or I will just get off track I will yeah. I will start to make too much of this or too much of this mm. and anxiety is when you make the things that are are not are, that are of lesser importance the most important right. and if those are solved you think they're going to make everything okay right. so it's a it's like an out of balance perspective mm-hmm. because we take our eyes off of him. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding that, no, you actually really need this strength, yeah. like yeah. an injection, mm-hmm. <laughs> like every moment, mm-hmm. you know, Lord, I need thee yes. every hour. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Every hour. Every hour. And Anne, you have walked that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have modeled that with such humility. And that's why. He gives you boldness. You know, you're so meek, and yet you get up there like you did last night at IF, and you just bring the rain. I'm just like, the Lord does it, and I know she she would hate that I'm even saying this. Yeah, she's shaking her head right now. But we're all backstage (laughs) sobbing because we're like, yes, thank you for being We know that public speaking is your favorite. I love you. That's what's so beautiful about it. It truly is. We do. We do. It truly so is. Grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful. You know, mm. it's not easy for her to carry a message of repentance. No. It's you know, no. like it's not an easy thing to be the one just like poking the church awake. <laughs> She's gonna just tell me to shut up. <laughs> but there is such 
a precious sacred anointing that we just need that we need that we need to hear that we need to be reminded of that i pray that we all wake Mm. up in ways that we've been asleep um that our hearts are pricked and burned Mm. burned we talked about this on the Emmaus road right (laughs) when they were walking with jesus on the road to emmaus and Anne and i got to walk (laughs) on the road to emmaus (laughs) with aria our guide and he was saying like their hearts burned burned. but it was they didn't recognize it was jesus until the bread was broken and then there was Mm. all this this burning heart this freedom that they experienced after the breaking of bread and I hope the women that gather with us mm. in the midst of the breaking open of the vulnerable places, they can recognize Jesus, see Jesus, encounter Jesus. Yeah. Their hearts can burn within them and they walk out of those yeah. doors, experiencing mm. a newfound freedom. Mm-hmm. Would it be so weird if we prayed on this podcast? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Maybe we close with that. Does that Absolutely. work? Okay. Jesus, I thank you. Oh, yes. Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you model. Mm. Broken. He does. Broken way. You, you're, your body mm. broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bread of life broken. Mm-hmm. And I just ask that you mm. just stir the hearts of women that are longing for this message that we that need to exhale and just see more of you, come yeah. to know more of you, come to see that you are the giver of freedom. freedom. Yeah. <laughs> you are the one who was broken to set us free. And so have your way in this. Yes. It's just a real, it's just a very feeble offering. I yes, think of the Lord. five loaves and the two fish, like <laughs> just do with it, break yeah. it however you see mm-hmm. fit and mm-hmm. bless it and mm-hmm. multiply it however you see fit. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful. Yes. We love you. In Christ's name. Lord, we just thank you for every single woman mm-hmm. who's going to take one brave step mm-hmm. towards freedom and join hands with us, kneel with us, mm-hmm. ask you to take our brokenness and make a mosaic of grace with it. Yeah. Take our brokenness, make a key out of it. Mm-hmm. That it would not only liberate us, but liberate so many other women who feel bound also mm-hmm. that we could point to you the remaker mm-hmm. the one who gives us abundance and who gives us freedom in you you are the one who um, ushers us into that freedom and all the freedom yeah. is found only in you so we just thank you that we already are free because mm-hmm. of everything that you paid mm-hmm. through being broken and given on that cross for us mm-hmm. Lord so I'm just so thankful mm-hmm. for every woman listening and saying amen so be it Lord with me also yeah. and for for the lives of Rebecca and Christy who've just lived poured out, broken, given in gratitude, Lord, for all that you have poured out for them. And they just, they are the scent and fragrance of Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, just, they usher women into more and more freedom. Lord, so just thank you for their lives, Lord. We just cannot express to you how grateful we are, Lord. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We you are adored, adored in this place and yes. in our hearts and our lives. And we thank you, Jesus, that um, you modeled all of this for us and, and so beautifully. And um, we thank you for you, Holy Spirit, that you um, unite in us um, the way that you did things, Jesus, all over again every single day. And you... Um, 
you continue to show us the way and the way that works and your way works and your process works. Your word um, does not return void and we thank you that um, we don't have to do everything, the, we don't have to do anything the way the world does it and um, often it's um, start with strength, it's start with all these things that look a certain way or we think is the right road, Jesus, but you um, you modeled the, the broken way and you modeled... Um, giving up your life and you modeled um coming humbly and lowly and um so we thank you just for the way that you've already shown us the way to live life and we just pray for these women lord who um you're going to break into their world of um just trying so hard for things to look a certain way and to keep up with this and that and I just thank you, Lord, that you're going to just bring rest over their lives and you're going to break into all of that and um, you're going to speak and you're going to show them your way and that it works and and that um, Mm -hmm. this broken way brings a freedom that um, they've never known. And so we just thank you in advance that you know every woman that is going to come through the doors um, for this tour and um, for this time that you've set apart for us to come together and um, carry this this message, Lord, and um, by your spirit. It's not by power or might, but it's, it's going to be by your spirit. All by your spirit alone. And so we just already just confess that over yes. all of this, Lord, in, in this message. And um, we yes. thank you for the privilege it is to just step into it with you. You. Yes. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. We truly hope that we get to see you in one of these cities. You can go to brokenandfreetour.com and see the cities listed and buy tickets there as well. And Anne and Rebecca and I will be staying afterwards to greet you. So we hope that we get to see you and hug your neck. And thank you for listening today. Um, Just to me exercising some good old-fashioned remembrance as I just put one foot in front of the other to bring you once again some glorious in the mundane. Love to all of you, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.